What's up? Welcome back to another episode of The Bonnet Talks with your host, Ama Apia. In today's episode, it is the start of a second mini-series, and you're like, Ama, again? Yes, because it's season two and we're full of surprises here, okay? I've been racking my brain to come up with creative ways to bring new content and create new experiences for my listeners, and I thought it would be a good idea to bring people together in groups based on one thing they have in common, and we just sit down and chat. It is a great way for people to meet each other, connect, and once again, learn new experiences, which is what my show is all, all about. I have don't know what to call this show yet, so if you guys have any suggestions, I was thinking The Breakfast Club, but I'm not really sure because, you know, I'm not trying to get attacked for copyright, so <laughs> if you guys have any suggestions, please DM me on Instagram, email me, whatever. I'll be looking forward to those suggestions. This week, I bring on some friends from middle school, high school, and college to talk about all things grad school. Lizzie Darren, Shannon Foley, and Jill Stefano talk about why the heck they decided to go to grad school, how their first year went, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm, we're talking about that again, ladies, and how the support of their classmates has impacted their experiences. As someone who is just starting grad school, literally today is my official start of the first official week of the fall semester, which is so exciting. Cue the applause. Yes, yes. I thought it was so interesting to contrast their experiences with my first impressions of grad school. So I'm so happy that I got to bring these ladies together today. They're such an intelligent, sweet group of gals, and it really made me excited for future episodes to come. So thank you, Lizzie, Shannon, and Jill for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I will talk to you guys all very soon. Bye. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Bonnet Talks with your host, Ama Apia. And today is such a fun, fun day for me because I am with my friends. Guys, this is the first time I'm doing more than one person on a, this like <laughs> one episode, which I think is really great. I upgraded my Zoom for this. I paid money for this because this is quality <laughs> podcasting. So I hope you understand <laughs> the effort I put into this. But I'm here with my friends, Lizzie Darren, Shannon Foley, and Jill Stefano. Um, we're all here today uh, to start off this new mini series that I have called um, The Breakfast Club. I might change it because, you know, copyright reasons. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but... <laughs> This is basically just a new mini series to bring people together um, that have a common interest. And in this episode, everyone here has been to grad school or is currently in grad school. Um, and basically, honestly, this is like more for me because I'm having a quarter life crisis right now and I kind of need some help. So I brought all the experts <laughs> in to help me out here today because, girl, it's a damn best in grad school. I've been here for three weeks and man. So I was like, it's time to bring everyone together, bring out the big guns and discuss what is up with grad school. And that is why I brought everyone here today. So thank you guys so, so much for being here. Um, I really appreciate that. I've said it multiple times before um, the show started, but you guys have to understand we're here on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Like no one really needs to do that. But I really appreciate these ladies for coming on and just sitting down and chatting about this. So I'm very excited to kick off this series. Um, and the first thing we're going to do is really get into some quick self-introductions. I would love to just hear, you know, where did you go to undergrad? Where do you go to grad school now? Um, and what program you're in and when you started? Um, and what is your favorite thing about grad school right now? Which is, might be very hard to come up with, but who knows? <laughs> so we can start off with Shannon. You want to go? Sure. First? Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, well, I'm Shannon. 
<clears throat> I went to UConn for undergrad, which is where I met Ama, yes. um, my first <laughs> friend at UConn. <laughs> yes. Um, now I'm at Boston University studying speech language pathology, and I'm starting my second year um, this week. Um, oh my gosh, congrats. That's so exciting. <laughs> wow. A few more days of freedom. And <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But, and my favorite thing, I think, so far are just the connections I've made. Um, It's a very close-knit program, so I've made a lot of really great friends very quickly. Um, And we're just, it's a very supportive system that I think is important for such a stressful time in your life. Yeah, I know. That's really awesome to have. And that's something that we've uh, talked about (laughs) before when I was initially applying. So I loved, that was something you knew right off the bat with grad school, which I love. So that is so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Next up, we have Jill Stefano. Hi, um, I'm Jill. Um, I'm currently a second year PhD student in the math program at Brandeis University. Um, I <laughs> is wild for that one. I don't know what <laughs> you could call me crazy. <laughs> I still count on my fingers. I'm like, so yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I was questioning people as two the other day. I was like, are you sure it's four? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I went to Fairfield University for undergrad, graduated in 2019, um, majored in math there, and then I started at Brandeis. Um, that fall. And yeah, my favorite thing kind of echoes Shannon's, but my favorite thing is probably my cohort. Um, All the students in my year who, you know, struggled, but got through it together. They're, they're definitely the reason I made it through the first year and am still here. So yeah. Oh my God. I love (laughs) it. And just to give some background, Jill and I have known each other pretty much like, I feel like our whole (laughs) lives at this point. She was my neighbor. We went to, uh, or she still is my neighbor. My mind is in DC right now. So I'm like, forget (laughs) Connecticut. No, I know. (laughs) So she is my neighbor at home. Uh, and you know, we had, we went through elementary school all through, uh, high school and the college was the only thing I think we really didn't experience together. Um, other than like elementary school kind of like, but you know, that kind of thing. But I've known Jill for so long and to kind of see us go through this academic journey together has been so, so fun. And I'm so proud of you, Chica. I love you. (laughs) Love you too. (laughs) Love it. Love it. And last but not least, Lizzie Darren, girl, but come up with something good. Let's hear it, girl. All right. Hi, I'm Lizzie. I went to UConn for undergrad, also with Ama, but I've known her since high school, so we've known each other for a while now. Yeah. Um, so I am in the Sacred Hearts Occupational Therapy Program, and I start my second year on Monday, which is crazy. Um, and I guess my favorite part is just I just like really love my friends, and just being in a program with like like-minded people is just so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's just so passionate about occupational therapy, and I just really love it. So yeah. Yeah, I also, that's something I want to say too, that you guys are all really starting your second years while I'm starting literally three weeks ago. (laughs) And um, I've come to you guys to talk about grad school before. And uh, it's been really amazing to see the things you've done in the past year and how you guys have grown as people, I think too, which makes me kind of excited. That's like the one thing I'm excited for for grad school. (laughs) There's other things I promise, but, (laughs) but I think watching you guys go through it and seeing how you've pretty much you're surviving like you're doing it and you're thriving so 
it gives me hope somewhat that it's going to be fine. So really congrats to you guys for, you know, getting ready to start your second years. I'm so excited to see what you do next. And I cannot wait to bother you with all my questions <laughs> about how the hell to somehow complete everything and do it all. So <laughs> be ready for that. <laughs> okay. And so I also want to talk about myself a little bit because I have said it on the show before, but if you are new or haven't listened to the show before, I am a new and global MBA student at the George Washington University in Washington, D.C., and I started literally three weeks ago. And guys, it's been a whirlwind. Like I told Liz, I think yesterday, I've had, it's been, so two weeks in, I had five group projects already. <laughs> like, do you understand the mental, I don't have the mental capacity <laughs> to it's been a mess. I've been, I had seven papers. I finished seven papers in my, in three weeks and oh I've already gosh. completed two classes. Can you imagine? <laughs> I think that's illegal. Isn't that yeah. illegal? I feel like yeah. I need to go look. I like I need to go like, read the constitution because it's in fine print somewhere. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's been a mess, but um, that's where I am right now. And so far I've actually, I think my favorite thing is really my cohort. I really, I think I'm echoing everyone else here, but I think there's something different about suffering with other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's just, it just makes it a little bit less, you know, daunting and it just makes you feel like everyone's in it together and you're just trying to get through and you get to really learn a lot from other people. And I think in my program in particular, it's really fun because it's a global MBA program. So, uh, I 45% of my classmates are international students. So I get to meet literally people all over the world. Um, I have group members from everywhere, which means that, you know, when I do group projects and I've had five of them already, I have to adjust to different time zones. So I'll be up at six in the morning doing a group project or it could be up at, you know, nine at night, 10 at night doing something. Yeah. But I think there's just something to be said about the people and how everyone sticks together and is really there for each other. Because you know what? I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but um, it could be very competitive, you know, you know, I feel like, you know, when I talk to people who, uh, are in med school or law school, they talk about how competitive it can be and can be very daunting. Um, but so far I haven't, I haven't experienced that personally. I don't know about you guys. What have you guys experienced that? Um, I guess I can say for my program, at least it's very much not competitive within at all. They always say like, it's competitive to get in, but once you're there, um, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, yeah. So I was, I guess, a little surprised by how collaborative it is. Um, just yeah. because I've heard the horror stories of people like ripping out pages of textbooks and like getting like. Wait, that's crazy that you're saying that because one of my, uh, she was my first friend in this grad program and she's from the Bahamas. She went to school at Northeastern University, actually studied abroad here and then did law school at the London School of Economics, or wow. yeah, I think London, some, I think in London or something. I thought it was London School of Economics, but uh, I don't know. But she was saying that someone literally, they had a homework assignment and there was this one book in the library that mm -hmm. had like the answer to it. She got to it first and ripped the page out. <laughs> and so no, oh my God. isn't that crazy? Yeah. That is crazy. And no, like who? Yeah. It would never cross my mind to do that to someone. Yeah. I wouldn't be yeah. like, yeah, I was going to go like take all the answers. I'd be like, let me take a picture and send it to everyone. So we can exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I Google Drive. Like, right. everyone it's, is 
it's everyone's information. Yeah. No, literally, I'm, I just, when I heard of that, I was, I thought of myself in high school when I would do Quizlets. I don't know if you guys remember, but I would have, uh, in, in, at Mercy, we were, I think, AP English or something. I would literally do a group Quizlet for the class. I'd be like, guys, yeah. I put all the terms yeah. in, use yeah. it. Like, everyone come. <laughs> and then I'm hearing people ripping pages out of books. For, I'm like, so it's crazy that you're, mm-hmm. that you also heard that like similar story. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Oh my God. Have you guys have Jill and Liz, have you, have you heard anything similar with comp- like competition or um, any of that? Oh, I guess for my program, it's not really like, I would say like we're more collaborative than there's yeah. like, than the competition type thing. But I think like people are competitive, like they hold themselves to a high caliber. So it's like more like yeah. they're competing with like themselves. <laughs> they're like, I need to yeah. get A's and everything, but it's not yeah. like, oh, I need to do better than this person, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jill, for, same uh, for you. Yeah. For me, I've been really lucky. Like I've heard horror stories in math with people like sabotaging other people's answers or not sharing solutions after the fact. And oh my God. That's, I mean, it stems from the fact that you know, people have to choose an advisor for their PhD. And at really competitive schools, you want to get the best advisor. And sometimes that turns into sabotaging other people. But I've been so lucky. My cohort is not like that. I didn't know what to expect. But echoing, you know, um, Shannon and Lizzie, like my cohort is so collaborative. So I'm really grateful for that. But I've heard it can be different. So and that's interesting too. And that's also why I thought it'd be great to have Jill here today because you have that edge of the PhD program. So it's a little bit of a different aura. And so it's interesting how you mentioned, you know, with the advisors in that way, it can be very competitive. And that's not something yeah. like I've ever dealt with before mm-hmm. at, in undergrad. And it's interesting that um, Shannon and Lizzie haven't really mentioned that part either, but it's true. Like the key part of PhD programs is really the advisors and the research that really right. must Oh my God, people are ripping pages out of books, but then they're also not sharing solutions. Could you imagine? That would stress me out, seriously. But that's why I'm also not a math PhD. That's why Jill can do it. Well, I'm lucky I don't have to deal with that competitive. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. And so, in general, you know, when take me back to a year ago, because you all started pretty much the same time a year ago, right? You know, what was going through your mind? What did made you decide to go to grad school? Was it like, you know, the natural next step after your undergrad program? Was it something that you've always thought about? Um, or was it something that just kind of came up and you said, you know what, I think this might be a good next step for me? So for me, I always knew, like, I always knew I wanted to be an occupational therapist, but I didn't, like, I was like, oh, I'll apply to grad school, like, see if I get in. And if I don't, I'll just wait a year. And I ended up getting in. So I went and I don't know, it's just like, it's very different because some people just don't want to jump right into grad school right away after mm-hmm. undergrad. So I feel like I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this because it was kind of cool to see like my friends who are already in the workforce. But I don't right. know. I just, it, I think it was a good choice for me. And I've like, I don't know. I'm glad that I went that route. I don't know what you guys think. I think it was kind of similar for me too. It felt sort of like the natural next step mostly because for a speech and I think for occupational therapy too, Lizzie, um, you can't really do much with your major unless you go to grad school. Um, I need my grad degree and a certification to work as a speech pathologist. So it, it wouldn't have made sense for me. I could have found something else, but within the field that I really like, um, I couldn't have really farthered it um, without going to grad school. And I think once I got really into the field it just all I want to do is like keep going I considered taking a break 
but I was worried I'd lose my steam and not want to go. So it made sense to just, just get into it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. My experience was similar. Um, the reason I started thinking about going to grad school was actually a couple of professors during undergrad that told me I could. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was like, I don't know, I was maybe a soft, I think I was a sophomore, maybe yeah. a freshman at that point. So oh. it was like far in the future. And I was like, not really thinking about it, but it kind of planted that seed. And then when the time came to like, you know, prepare and apply, I was like, okay, yeah, like I can do this. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and similarly to what Shannon was saying, for what I want to do, um, there wasn't really much else I could do without getting a graduate degree. Like I want to be a professor. So, you know, I could have taught or tutored um, high school or something like that, or I could have gone to work for a company, but yeah. that wouldn't really put me toward where I wanted to end up. So, um, and then also like, I was scared I was going to like forget a lot of math. <laughs> and I think I would have yeah. if I took a year off. So, um, so I think it was good for me personally to go right into it. That's always the big thing, you know, that talk of, do you take a gap year between undergrad and grad school? Cause I always say this on the show that, you know, with undergrad, sometimes you, you finish and it's like, you don't really know yourself too much. And it's like, sometimes you need to take that time out to really figure yourself out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I ultimately ended up doing. Um, because I had a lot of advice, you know, I, I applied to jobs, but also grad school at the same time. And um, I did have people say, at least for MBAs, you should work at least, I think, minimum like three to five years before you can join an MBA program. Um, and that's because then at least you have the experience to contribute in the classroom and everything. Personally, with my, I had a lot of experience just through internships and leadership roles and things that I was doing on my own. And so, and for me, I thought about, I was like, I don't, I also don't want to lose that steam, right? From undergrad, because honestly, to survive in a college environment, it's a lot, like it's a lot of, you know, time, emotional investment, mental capacity, and just a lot. And, um, you know, a lot of people had said with MBA programs, you need to take, you have to work and, and, you know, then you can apply. And for a lot of these programs, even UConn's program, you can't apply unless you have a minimum of two years experience. So I didn't even apply to UConn, which I I wish I could have, but I couldn't um, because I wanted to still go within a year or so. And uh, I'm, I'm personally glad I took some time out like to do it because then I had, I worked and then I had a better sense of what I liked and what I didn't like. So going into grad school, I could be like, okay, this is the vision I have. This is what I think I want to try next. This is what didn't work and then kind of go from there. Um, So I really also suggest to people who might not have that clear direction, definitely take some time out and do that. Um, I'm very happy I did at least a year. I don't think I would have wanted to do more than that, especially being in the program for three weeks. A lot of my counterpart, a lot of my cohorts is very, it's older and some of them have kids. So imagine, like that's one thing that people had, told me, you know, adults, they had said, you don't want to go, you can go back to school later. Like that's fine. But life comes up, you know, you're going to want to start a family at some point. <laughs> that's what's for you. You're going to get married. Maybe things are just going to happen. I know. First of all, I was like, Mary, like, yeah. <laughs> are they going to like me? No, but you know, but that's the thing Like, you have to think about. And for, it's weird, right? You go through college and it's, you don't think about those things, but then when you're making the decision to go to grad school, like, that's your life, right? You mm-hmm. have those are all the factors you have to kind of think about and consider. And so I also had the same thought kind of as Jill, where it's like, I don't want to really lose my steam. I really still want to put myself in the best position for success. And I really think going within a year 
was the best thing for me, even though I was like, I didn't want to have to feel pressure from other people to go. Right. It was more of like, I wanted to figure that out on my own. And I think I'm very happy that I did because then I also chose the right program because I, for differently from you guys, you guys like, uh, Shannon and, uh, um, Liz, for example, you knew you kind of wanted to do that from the beginning. Jill, you got that uh, that motivation from your professors. You loved math, and that happened for you. I was a molecular and cell biology major and a communication double major. I was supposed to go to med school, like very different, and now I'm, I'm in business school. So <laughs> a year ago, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Like I needed some time to be like, okay, I don't think I want to do med school. And actually, I think Shannon was there the day. <laughs> Shannon was in my room the day I decided I and she was just sitting on my bed or something. We were just all talking. And then randomly I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, and Shannon was like, you know, do what you want to do. I don't know. <laughs> Shannon's always more of that stuff. But you know, so once once that happens, you need to really take time for yourself and figure that out. So I was a little bit different from you guys in that sense, mm -hmm. but that's really awesome to hear that we kind of are very similar though in that thinking. So when you decided to actually apply and go for it and it was time, how many schools did you apply to? What was the process like? What were you really looking for in a program? Because I think when it comes to grad school, you have to be very specific about what you're looking for, especially with the environment and your cohort and all of those things. Like, so what was that process like for you guys? Um, well, for me, um, just applying um, was a long process. I mean, I had to take the GREs, the subject GREs, um, and then go through the actual applications themselves. Um, so that was definitely a process. And I applied to a lot of schools, I think, over 10, but now I forget. <laughs> um, but the thinking for that, I mean, for me, I knew... Um, you know, it would be hard to get into a program that I wanted to. So I wanted to have as many options as I could right. and kind of set myself up for the best chance to get into a program. Mm -hmm. um, one criteria that I was looking for, which, um, you know, it's it's a personal choice and people can prioritize, prioritize based on what they want. But I wanted to be near Boston because that's where my boyfriend is. Mm -hmm. So it was important to me to kind of stay in the area. And also my family's in Connecticut. So right. for me, I didn't want to go too far away. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, I mean, there's a lot of programs, but it kind of limited my choices um, mm -hmm. to that region. Um, so that's kind of the reason I did that. But then after that, I mean, once I applied, um, you know, it was kind of seeing just where I got in and, you know, that, that changes by the year and by who else is applying. So you can never really predict that, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I mean, it worked out for me that I got into a school that I really liked. Um, and then the other thing, once I got accepted to a couple programs, I tried to look at what faculty was there um, oh. because like I was saying before, that's really the key mm -hmm. in your PhD is finding an advisor whose research you really are interested in. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's kind of what you end up doing for your PhD. Um, mm. So it was important to find like faculty members that I had similar interests with um, right. and that I thought maybe I could work with in the future. That's awesome. I also I applied to like, I think seven schools I applied to. I don't know about the rest of you guys. Undergrad, I applied to 15. And I, Jill, I remember Jill was like 21 or something. Like we were just not. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like why do we do that for ourselves? I don't know. Days, 
Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my I gosh. told myself for for grad school, I was like, I'm gonna don't do this again. Like, you need to just pick a few, maybe like three. No, I was up in the <laughs> I was doing seven, eight, and I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> seven two. Seven. Yeah. You did seven two. And oh my I gosh. Want, and I wanted. I don't know. I almost applied to more, but each school has like you know a supplemental essay and different prereqs uh-huh. and different so mm-hmm. I, I capped it at seven and tried to just like I definitely had more on my list and I had to sort of do research and like you know do like oh maybe these are reach schools these are goals right. you know separate like do like a couple of each and, yeah yeah um yeah I definitely a long process luckily um you know the speech department at UConn was very connected. Like we had a nice organization there that always had some sort of grad school panel to talk about um, oh. the application process, maybe like the pros and cons of different programs. So luckily I went into it with like sort of an idea of like the pro- like what different programs had to offer. Like for grad school, speech has a sort of like a common app where like most of the schools mm. are on the same website to put in your information. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. That's nice. And yeah. Like Jill, I, I really wanted to be in or close to Boston. Um, so my top schools are all just in Boston. Um, <laughs> and luckily they are, you know, there are great programs here and I like I visited and there are a bunch of really cool labs and professors. So it all like worked out that Boston would be the place I wanted to go. Right. Um, and you know, um, I, I was all over it um, senior year. So. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to my apartment, like every day she's like, I'm a, I went to tour this place. And I don't know. I'm like, Shannon, we, you came here yesterday and said the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. But you know what? Boston is honestly a really great place for STEM. So for math, you know, uh, speech language hearing, you know, with the hospitals there, I think it was a great option for you guys. And I, I understand why, obviously with life and the, where you want to go and where you want to stay, I understand that those factors too, but I think Boston's really yeah. great that was for all of those experiences. A big yeah. thing that you brought up, Boston had just so, we do like three placements while we're in our program and mm-hmm. there are like, BU put up a list of just a few of our placements. There were like 200 things on the list. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Places are, you know, like I had to consider UConn and like other places I want to go to. But I was like, where am I going to get the most diverse opportunities? And this just made the most sense to me. Exactly. And Lizzie, what about you? So mine was a little bit different. I actually only, I knew I wanted to stay. I wanted to live at home because I wanted to save money, which looking back, I don't know if I would have done that again. But money but you know my family drives me crazy but anyway (laughs) so I only there's actually not that many OT programs like in this area so I only applied like three and I knew I kind of knew I wanted to go to Sacred Heart before I applied there just because I like their program it's close enough that I could drive but also like it's in a nice area it's close to the city so there's like a lot of opportunities there for field work and stuff but also when you apply for OT, they want like shadowing experience. And so a lot of the schools want like, oh, you have to shadow in like three settings for like a thousand hours, like this crazy stuff. So I was like, I don't have yeah. that. Like, so that kind of limited way to apply. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'll just apply to these schools where I need to like meet the requirements. And I got in 
and I like I like the program I chose. So it's like it's good. It's been good for me. So yeah. You you know, so many people say that. It, and when she says a thousand hours, guys, she actually means literally. It. They're like, yeah, you do a thousand hours in five settings, and yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> no, because if you think of PA school, and Liz Lizzie has two sisters who went through PA school. They just finished, mm-hmm. and even for that, I think you. I, a few years ago, I looked into it. I think it was like 2,000 hours. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Something. OT is way less than PA, but like still, it's just annoying because yeah. every school is so different in what they require too. And it's actually right. like not – it's not easy to get like the hours. Like it's kind of hard to find people to shadow because I would reach out to people and they would never answer me or mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I just never hear back. So it was so annoying. And I was like, oh, I just want to get in. Like just let me shadow you <laughs> so I can get into grad school. <laughs> no, it reminds me of like when you – you know, when you apply to jobs or at least when I would – and they would be like entry level job, but you need like seven years of experience and you need to have had like been an executive yeah. in your past life. And it's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> so I'm just not going to get a job, no employment. <laughs> you know, it's very stressful. It's so stressful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And I, um, for me, it was more of like having the work experience to get into the schools. Mm-hmm. And so that really limited a lot of the programs. Even UConn. Like that's what I was saying before. Like I couldn't even apply to UConn. I was like, I have UConn wrapped around my fingers. I can just go there. I can't. <laughs> and that was like two years. Um, and so it was really hard to kind of figure out, okay, how can I incorporate a school that I meet the requirements for or can exceed that those requirements, see myself doing well, but then also see myself really growing from that place as well. Thing is, and that's what I was really looking for. Um, UConn was great, but I felt like I really had outgrown it. And so I really wanted a place that I could really learn from and be unique and like learn new things and new perspectives, which is why I applied to George Washington University. I applied to seven schools, but and I applied to schools in Boston. I almost came to BU. Would have been with Shannon. I texted Shannon I, I, I got I'm like, girl, we're going to be neighbors. <laughs> I, I was like, I have an opening in my apartment. Come join me. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm moving in, packing up my suitcases. Let's go. Um, but I applied to mainly the East Coast because something I thought about too, kind of what Jill was thinking about, I wanted to think about where I wanted to stay. Like, because... Mm-hmm. People don't realize this is kind of the time you really figure – you can jump place to place and really figure out where you want to settle. And I think as much as I wanted to go to California, like that was my dream to go to UCLA and do all that stuff, I really thought that being on the East Coast is better to be with near my family. But then I also wanted to be in a new environment and um, be submersed in just different cultures and things like that. And so I actually also applied to places like NYU. Although, I don't know, New York probably wouldn't, wasn't going to be for me. I think DC's perfect. Um, never thought I would be here ever, but so far it's so good. Although it's kind of crazy here because um, obviously with protests and all this stuff going on, I'm like, whoa, this is really, I wanted a place with culture and things happening, but now things are really happening. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, is this what I asked for? I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, it's been, but it's been really cool. Um, and something I actually wanted to ask about is something that Lizzie brought up. And you you said that you commute to Sacred Heart and um, mm-hmm. you live at home. And I, something I wanted to ask you guys was like, how how was that transition? How has either moving to Boston or staying home really impacted your experience? Because it could make it the transition in general from college to post grad and then moving somewhere else can be very difficult already but then you add grad school on top of that it's a lot but then also going home also adds a different dynamic and also can make the transition hard so I kind of wanted to briefly touch on that too and have Liz also expand on that 
Yeah, so living at home, it's been interesting. <laughs> like I like as you know, I love my family. Like we're a very close family. Yeah. Um, but the commute's like an hour, so it's an hour, so I commute like two hours total each day. So it's like that's a lot, but also like that hour that I get every morning and every night is a time where I just like I can't do work. So I really just like chill in my car, like listen to podcasts, do whatever I want. So it's been good to kind of unwind in that way. But commuting in general has just been very like different because at UConn, you know, you have that community of people that you live like right next door to. You can go hang out with. You can run ideas off of, hang out with like on the weekends and stuff. And so at home, my like friends from school would be hanging out and I'd be like, oh, I can't go because like that's just like so far out of the way for me. And like we have stuff to do. So Mm -hmm. that sense of it, it was kind of weird. But I don't know. I think it was a good choice. I have been saving money and it's I don't know. I like being at home like I'm kind of a homebody. So it was a good decision for me. (laughs) Um, for me, I kind of like I'm in between moving out and staying at home. So I'm actually living with my boyfriend's family. Um, they live um, just north of Boston and they offered for me to live with them um, while I was in grad school or at least the first year or so. And um, it, so, it, yeah, for me, I still have a commute. Um, so it's anywhere from a half hour to an hour and a half, depending on traffic, Girl, which is crazy. Boston traffic's but, a mess. Yeah. But, um, but since quarantine, I mean, I haven't had to commute, so that's something. Um, but I don't know, it was kind of a good balance for me. Like it was still a new place and I had my own space and all that, but it was something familiar, um, that, you know, I already knew and I didn't have to like completely readjust to. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the, the big deciding factor was money for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, it just made sense for me financially to live somewhere um, low cost. Um, yeah, to set myself up for for future years. But, I agree. Yeah, totally understand that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for me, I remember feeling just like every single part of my life was changing. Just yeah. I was moving out of the state for the first time. I was starting grad school, um, and I did move into you know, an apartment with three people I met on Facebook. And so it was the first time I was moving somewhere. I didn't know anyone in my program. Um, so everything was so new. Um, I have a twin sister who I went from kindergarten to college with, and I went home every weekend at UConn. So it was definitely a big change for me and definitely like the start of sort of a more independent life, which I think was very important. Um, I miss my sister every day. Um, But I think for both of us, like getting that, you know, getting into our own lives and like doing, like I was here doing grad school, she was at UConn doing grad school. And it was it was definitely a big transition. But I was I think since I was so excited, like it just like, I wasn't too nervous about it, you know, because everything was so new. I didn't have time to, yeah, I don't, you know, miss home too much or like feel too stressed because I it was all just happening so quickly. Right. Um, and my commute is on the T or the semester on my bike. Um, <laughs> so, um, and I love it. I actually, I really like it. Um, and it's definitely just so much different from what it was like at UConn or at home before. You know, it's always it's always interesting to see how it is because it's so nice to have the support at home. So I love that, mm-hmm. Jill, you know, you have your boyfriend's family, but you also your family's not that far from Boston at all. Maybe like an hour and a mm-hmm. half, you know, it's very easy to mm-hmm. make that commute. Liz, you're right at home. And it's so nice at the end of the day, like 
it's very nice to have a home cooked meal. Right. You know, oh yeah. You, home, you don't have to worry too much. That's the best part. Yeah, that is the if best. I would get to school, I'd be in class and I'd text my dad and be like, "Hey, uh, what's for dinner?" <laughs> <laughs> like you're back in my messages again. Like, oh, what are you making for dinner? I'm like, I'm not making dinner. I'm at school. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it's nice to have that. But then I, it's also nice to have that sense of independence because you learn. That's how you grow. I think right. you. I mean, you grow a lot from being at home too and being having that support system because then you can figure out how to maneuver around that and how to set yourself up best for success, but then mm-hmm. also have the support of your family. But then when you move to a new state and you're fully independent, you got to like bike to school and all, and you know, all this stuff, it's very different. Um, and you, you learn fast. I think yes. even for me, I've been here in DC since Saturday. So we, oh my God, a week. Oh, a week. Congrats. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, celebration. But anyway, you know, it's only been a week and I've had to learn very quickly. Like, this is the deal. This is what's going to work. This is what's not going to work. I have, you know, being safe, figuring out how to get to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily, you know, I don't know about you guys, actually, but my classes are all online. So um, usually in a typical circumstance, I would be taking the T to work, mm-hmm. to school, Metro. I mean, I don't know how long it is for you, Shannon. I think you said 20 minutes. If, if it was my yeah. 20 minutes. Depending on the time, if it's rush hour right. and it's packed and you can't get on, it could be longer. Yeah. Minutes. yeah. So mine is about the same too. So, <laughs> but right now I'm lucky in the fact that I don't have to, you know, commute anywhere because it's virtual. Um, but it's, it's, I've had to learn really fast, but then I kind of like it because it's like, I actually, you know, I lived in Boston last year. And then had to come home because of coronavirus. And so being at home was really great and having that support system again. And then getting up and moving to a new state. It was really nice the way the sequence of events happened because I could really get some good time and then really have the support and the room to really maneuver and do things on my own still. But then also now I feel ready to take on this next step in this next chapter. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very it's a very like fine line. Like you always have to balance, but I think there's always pros and cons to like all of it. And I'm very proud of all you guys for getting through it and doing it. You guys have no idea how much I really admire you guys for all of that. So good job, really. And good job to myself. <laughs> I didn't realize the week, ladies. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can see this, but like I put up this wallpaper and I was like, wow, I feel like it I'm in HPT. So Thank you. Okay. I was, yeah. like, I was like, I did this all by myself. I was like, I feel like I'm on HGTV. I'm really being an independent woman. You literally texted me yesterday. I'm putting up wallpaper and I go, is that allowed? Like, I don't know, but I'm doing it. I was a big girl and I read the lease. You know, that's part of independent woman life. You read, you, you always read your contracts. And so when you're going into grad school, you made this move and everything, and now it's time to focus on academics. What were some of the things that you guys were very nervous about going in? Um, for me, I, I had a rough time at the start. It was, it was rough. Um, my classes started, and I was in one in particular. I was so lost. Like, did not understand what was going on and really felt like I was alone. Like, I felt like everyone else was nodding along and I was like, oh, they already know this. They understand it. Like, here I am lost. And there was a period of time where I cried like every day. If I looked at that textbook, it was like stressful. (laughs) Um, So that part, like just the academics themselves, it was like a lot right from the beginning. Um, But I will say, um, the reason it got better was 
when I started to talk to people about it. Um, like I talked to a member of my cohort and I was like, okay, I'm going to be honest. Like I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Probably don't belong here. She was like, oh, I'm lost too. I was like, you are? I was like, what? So, and then, and then we talked to other people in our cohort. They were like, yeah, like we're really confused too. I was like, okay, like it's not just me. So <laughs> that's like classic imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know that I was experiencing, but when I actually started to talk to other people, I realized I wasn't alone. Yeah. So that would be my advice is like talk to people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how it was for me at the beginning. <laughs> I think I was also just very intimidated by the workload. Um, my last semester at UConn, I took like two classes or something. You know, like, <laughs> I remember you and I were not having it. We're like, yeah, we're adding <laughs> animals. My last semester. <laughs> I think my first semester here I was taking like eight classes and I was like okay that's like two years worth of school. <laughs> um, wow that is so wow I was in yeah. a lot more classes than I was used to and then there's also this clinical component that luckily I didn't have to start my first semester I started my second but half of my cohort was starting in this fall and I was like why do my classmates look like they know how to like they really seem like they knew what they were doing as a clinician and I was like I personally at UConn we didn't focus too much on the clinical work because we knew it came in grad school and I was like how do they know what a soap note in a lesson plan is um but then like Jill said like you talk to them and they were stressing out they were like this is really new to us too this is really jumping into things really quickly and and they handled it very well and then when I got to it in the spring I was like okay we just got to do it no one and then you learn like the professors tell you we don't have any expectations of you right off the bat like you're not supposed to know how to do this yet and hearing professors and my classmates really tell us like this is new like you're not supposed to know it yet was really helpful um and yeah just talking to classmates always helps because you find out everyone is lost and just helping each other get through. (laughs) So for me, Amma, you were there when this happened. So like towards the end of senior year at UConn, I get this packet in the mail and it's like this whole packet of like all this summer work that I had to do this, like before I got to school in August. And it's like, oh yeah, your first week of class, you're going to have an exam on all like the muscles, their origins, their insertions, like all the bones. And I'm like, I literally had a panic attack. I was like, Amma, I can't do this. I'm going to have to drop out. <laughs> Liz, we were, okay, so can we just say, so this happened, we were supposed to go to Taco Bell, all right? First of all, it was supposed to be a happy day. And I was ready to go. I was like, I haven't been to Taco Bell in like seven years. This is great. Let's go get the car we pack. Let's go. And she gets this package. And then it was just end game. It was like, nope. And I was it was like, literally like a what? dark cloud. Just like, was like over my, I was like, ah, nope. <laughs> Who just ruined our Taco Bell moment? This is rude. (laughs) And it's just so crazy because I was freaking out and I have, so we have, um, I'm like a mentor now. And so I have um, my mentees. I have two of them and they've been texting me and they're like, how is this muscles exam first week? Like, what do I do? How do I study? How do I do this? And I'm like, oh my God, like this is triggering, but thank God that's over. And I just feel like once you get there, you like start to meet people and you realize you're all like just going full speed ahead. You have no idea what's going on, but like you're just getting through it. Like, and before you know it, your first semester's over and you're like, all right, well, here we go. We're, 
we're doing it. So I don't know. It's just been, it's been wild, but we're a year in. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, a year more than me. I'm proud of y'all. Like this is good. Seriously. And the thing is too, I, so because I do talk to you guys about this stuff, you know, previously, um, I just remember even talking to Liz about the work I was getting because we would get our schedule and everything. And I'd just be like, is, what is this? I'm like, Liz, tell me what this says. I can't look. My <laughs> eyes can't read. I suddenly cannot. <laughs> I was like, what is this? I was so like offended. I was getting all this work. <laughs> and I, she was like, welcome. And I was like, uh, take it back. Goodbye. I, I don't want <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> but it's a scary thing. And, but you know what? Actually talking to you, you guys is actually eye-opening for me. Um, and that's why I, I, I'm very happy to do this podcast episode because I really want people to take um, have a lot of takeaways from this because kind of seeing what you guys were going through really helped me to put into perspective. This is what they're going through. This is what I went through in undergrad as a STEM major and kind of figuring out like how to go about and maneuver this new phase of my life. And so, you know, in, in undergrad, um, because I was so involved in all these different things, but then on top of that, had a very rigorous major. And then on top of that, had a double major. And then on top of that was pre-professional programs, med school, <laughs> like it was a lot. And I just remembered how stressful it was and why I took that gap year. Um, I was just very tired and I, wanted to go. I, I didn't have anything left for myself at that point. And I really wanted to take the opportunity to find all of that again and really just like take a breather, start over. And so talking to you guys and then also going through that on my own, I really realized that I need to go through these things, go through grad school differently. I didn't want to try and be stressed all the time. I wanted to pace myself. I wanted to set myself to be in the best position for success. And I realized how much that has helped me in these past three weeks because in my, it's funny how you guys had mentioned, like you didn't say, you didn't talk about this with your cohort really. And then over time you did and you opened up. My cohort from the beginning was very like open. We were like, we don't know anything. (laughs) What is going on? But it was stressful because we'd have this WhatsApp group chat and everything, everyone's messaging. I don't understand what's going on. We had homework. We had a quiz yesterday. What? I just was like, so I have these messages. And I'm talking to Liz, like, shit. And I'm like, oh, please, I need somebody called me. I need help. Like, what's going on? But so I would, like, the first day I like panicked. I was like, what? I, I can't do this. But very quickly, I was like, okay, I'm going to mute this group chat right now. <laughs> and I am going to do this. Like I, I will be open with my classmates, but I also know what I'm capable of and know how to set myself up to do well and not be stressed because I didn't want that. I was like, that's what I did in undergrad and it doesn't help at all. Um, I was very clear with my classmates that I didn't know anything either. I was like, I'm just, we're all figuring it out together. And that's the beauty of grad school. That's we're here to build upon our knowledge and deep deep into things that we wouldn't have never talked about before. It's like when you t- like biology, for example, in undergrad, you're focused on, you know, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell in grad school. You got to know what the hell the mitochondria is doing. Like all the different, goals, like, yeah. right. So uh, no one knows. And that's why we're there to learn. And that's kind of what has given me some solace and talking to you guys has really helped me to understand that better that, I'm not going to know it all the time. I have to be okay with not knowing everything all the time. And if I don't understand it, go to someone to help me understand, figure out what's going to help me best learn it and just kind of 
keep doing that. And that has made me a lot less stressed. And so it's so funny. My cohort is just like, Amma, why are you so calm all the time? And I'm like, I'm not calm. I just, <laughs> because I have, I have to act calm. They're like, we have an accounting exam tomorrow. And I'm like, and? <laughs> It was on the syllabus. We, got, we have to study for it. What are we going to do, right? So, you know, it's it's a very – I want to thank you guys for, you know, also sharing – you being so open and sharing your experiences with me because it's honestly really helped me a lot. And that's why I hope, you know, people get a good takeaway from all of the, this conversation that we're having. Um, and then speaking of, you know, having that, that, like, rough beginning, was there any point over time that you had doubts about grad school? I know uh, Jill mentioned a little bit, kind of touched on this, that imposter syndrome, right? So many of us experience it, especially women. Um, and surprisingly, you know, men too, you know, but they're, they're, but majority women are experiencing imposter syndrome. And I think that's one of the things that I hear most when I talk to people about grad school. It's like, when you don't, when you feel lost and you don't, you're, it seems like everyone else is getting it, right? <laughs> Um, and it's kind of like, well, why does it seem like everyone else is getting it? And it's no one's talking about it because no one wants to seem like I, they don't want to be the ones to be, oh, I, I'm lost or they don't want to admit that. It's very hard to be vulnerable. And I think even in American culture in general, I've said this before, but we, we're we not vulnerable. You don't want to share these things because it's like we want to we if we find it out with I think people think it's a weakness. And I think the fact that Jill, you we're able to be open and say, you know what? I actually really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it opened up a world of opportunity for you and made you feel so much better and made you feel like you had a seat mm-hmm. at the table. Right. Um, you know, were there any for, uh, Shannon and Lizzie, Jill too. I mean, were there any uh, doubts that you had in grad school to the, sometimes to say even like, I don't know if this is for me anymore. Um, what were the ways you went around it? Jill talked about, you know, talking to her cohort and being open. Do you guys agree with that? Um, Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I think um, my like first like few weeks, I was like, I really don't know if I can do this. Like, this is too much. I'm going to have to drop out. Give me my money back. (laughs) (laughs) It was very overwhelming. And then like you and I were talking about this like last week, like there's in every grad program, I feel like you have those people that are just like, on another level, they're like, oh, yeah, I already read the textbook five times, <laughs> highlighted it. Like, I already finished this course in two days. And you're like, oh, okay. So, like, for me, that was, like, super overwhelming. And I did, like, have that imposter syndrome where I was like, I, like, I'm not on these people's level. Like, I'm somehow chilling but also panicking at the same time. But I'm not going to go read the textbook, like, ten times like you people. Like, no, like, that's not – So I don't know. I did have those moments where I was like, this is crazy. Like no one in this program is like on the same level as me. But then like you talk to people and you realize like as much as there's those people that are like have their shit together, there's also people like you who are like freaking out. So yeah, like Jill said, like you just have to find the people that match your level of crazy. (laughs) Yes. I agree. I think there are just like those peaks around midterms or finals when every like every single class is coming at you with a project or a case study or an exam and mm. you sort of feel like it's building up too much and you can't you can't get through it all. But then I think for me, like like Jill and Lizzie are both saying, like, you know, I talk to other people. I have like, you know, some group chats going on with like my close friends and everyone's like you know, I'm kind of nervous, <laughs> you know, like everyone's feeling the same way. Everyone's feeling like it's impossible. But then at the same time, 
not that like everyone's struggling should like motivate you but like just knowing you're all on the same page is like okay so this has to be possible if we're all feeling at a low point right now and it's like you know once everyone's like oh I'm really struggling then suddenly everyone's like we got this guy. you know like yeah. everyone's motivating each other so it's like it's like a 360 like a 180 whatever um like one minute everyone's like really nervous and the next is like you guys are like my best friends we got and it's like amazing just like the community but also just like for me and I'm sure for you guys too and this is a big difference between undergrad and grad school for me just like taking a step back and thinking about the work I have like everything actually feels very valuable and important and like makes sense that I'm doing it so to like just like recognizing how much it matters and how I'm actually going to use it really helps me just want to do it and like know that I'm really learning what I need to know (laughs) um so that definitely helps me a lot just being like cool I like really want to know this information because as a professional later on I know I'm gonna be doing this um and that's really motivating to me too yeah I agree and that's that's something that I've even noticed in the first few weeks of of grad school is that in in undergrad I felt disconnected from what I was learning you know I don't know if anyone else felt that way but it was like I I mean, again, I was, I guess I was different majors and I had a different plan at the time. Right. But I never felt like, okay, we're going to use this tomorrow. I can apply this directly to what Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing or what I want to do and stuff like that. Um, But in grad school in uh, right from the beginning, I was in a a strategy class um, and I was reading the case studies and, you know, everyone was complaining about the case study. They're like, it's 21 pages long. I had read 64 pages of case studies that day. And um, I was like, you know, this wasn't even that bad because I actually enjoyed what I was reading. Yeah. So I actually Liz in panic. I was like, what is this? Why am I enjoying this? Take my money back. <laughs> this is scary. She's like, Amma, please relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I actually really could see it's almost like you could see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, oh, this makes sense. And I could apply it to experiences I've had in my own life already. And so I actually really enjoyed what I was reading. And I could see that, wow, okay, this is why it's relevant. And I feel like that that was kind of, for, at least for me, kind of lost in in um, undergrad. But I think it's also because in undergrad, we're taking a wide variety mm-hmm. of classes to be holistic, right? Because that's how we want to be presented when we're applying to grad schools or applying to jobs. That's why it's that way, I think. But um, it was very interesting I, I, that I realized that right off the bat. And I was like, okay, even, you know, I have to take accounting and finance. It's not really why I don't really love those subjects. But after taking even the strategy class, I was like, okay, I might not like it, but I know it's going to be really mm-hmm. applicable and very helpful in decision making and strategy, which is what I love doing anyway and being a leader. And so even though it's scary to look forward to, but like, it's also nice. I'm like, oh, like it's gonna be hard, but it's gonna be it's gonna be helpful. Mm-hmm. So um, I totally agree with that, 100. Um, percent And so, what was the re- the moment you guys realized that you know you actually are so happy to be in grad school and really finds that you're you're learning a lot and you're enjoying it, um, and that it really was the right choice for you. Um, for me, I mean, I think I had those points along the way and it, it was kind of like, like up and down, like almost a roller coaster because I went through periods of like imposter syndrome. And then even once I started talking to my cohort, 
you know, those feelings would still come back when I had like a really hard problem set or I was really struggling with something and not understanding it. Um, so it wasn't like completely smooth sailing, but I think, um, like when I did understand stuff, right. It was like, okay, this, like this concept is amazing. And it's like amazing that people study this and it like enforced reinforced why I love math so much and reinforced why I want to do it. But I think, um, really like this past week I, I started grad school and now I'm also teaching a course of my own. And I also have a group of freshmen, like undergraduates who I'm mentoring that enforced, wow. thank you, that reinforced so much, like, why I'm doing this, because I want to be a professor, I want to work with undergraduates and teach them math. And like, that's what I'm starting to be able to do. So it kind of let me see, like, okay, this is where I'm heading. And, you know, this is what I'm going to end up doing. So, you know, it's all worth it. And like, that's, that's why I'm doing this. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, kind of similar, like, I'm not teaching anyone this semester, but um, just like in terms of like getting that first real experience of what it's going to be like for you, having my first client last semester, again, it was the most stressful thing I experienced, just like the buildup to it, be thinking like, wow. And again, with imposter syndrome, like how am I supposed Mm -hmm. to be like this real person's clinician? That was crazy to me. Um, And you're like, then you go into your first session and suddenly it's over and nothing bad happened. Um, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that hands-on work with real people and like getting a glimpse at what you'll be doing, um, you know, for the, maybe the rest of your life, maybe however long you want to. Um, that was really cool. And just being like, okay, it just reconfirms like, okay, I do like this. Right. Um <laughs> And also, like we've been saying, just like the moment you realize you are building close connections with other people um, Mm -hmm. is a really good way to be like, I don't know, just confirm that you're in the right place and like feeling like you're with your people. Um, So that's always good, too. Mm So for me, my whole first semester was like foundational stuff. So it wasn't like Mm -hmm. necessarily tied back to OT. Like it was like your anatomy, your learning about all the conditions you could possibly work with. So I was like, this is a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know about this. But then like once I got through that semester, which was like definitely my hardest semester, we got into like our semesters that were we had mental health and we had adult and geriatrics. And in those semesters, we would do PBL. So we would take a case and we would break it down and say, okay, like as OTs, like here's what we would do with this client. And I was like, wow, like this is so cool. Like OTs just have such a role in like so many different healthcare settings. And I would text them and I'd be like, I just love OT. Like it's so cool. And like me and my friends just text each other and like geek out. And like, I just have like the best professors and I'm they're so cool. Like I just want to be them. So like, I don't know. I just... <laughs> that's like what makes it worth it for me. Like just seeing like Mm -hmm. how, like I thought I knew what OT did before, but now I'm like, wow, like Mm -hmm. this profession is so cool. So yeah. I think that's, that's a really important point to make too. You know, I have also realized a similar thing where with, especially with my program, my, my MBA is a little bit more specific in the fact that it's a global MBA. So the way we approach things is very from a 
very much from a global centric perspective, which I love. Um, I think my program is very unique in the sense of, you know, again, where most of us are, half of us are international students, but also the professors are literally incredible. Um, I was telling Shannon the other day that um, my accounting professor is this little old British man, literally with Harry Potter glasses, <laughs> like trying to figure out Zoom every day. He still has not figured out after a whole semester of like virtual teaching. And, but you can tell he just knows what he's talking about. And so he, the way he approaches it for someone who is not very interested in those things, I'm like, wow, like this is actually very cool. And I am excited to apply this in the way that works best for me mm -hmm. um, in, a, in a job that I have in the future. Um, and I, the professors are just awesome. Like I had another one who um, she uh, taught in London, London School of Economics. She, she taught there for a few years. I had my other professor lived in Paris last semester like just so many cool people that I can learn from. And I realized how much my program is very flexible, right? It's really what you you make out of it. Um, and so something I was always scared about with grad school is because it's a very specific, uh, you know, thing that you're looking for. When you, when you get out of grad school, you're in a very specific niche, very specific role. Um, and I was very scared that, you know, maybe I'd be I'd be in a program and not end up liking it or I don't, and especially like if I'm in classes that I don't like it at first, I'll be thinking like you guys were like, I, this isn't for me and what do I do now? But I realized more and more that my program is so awesome in the fact, in the fact that I could really make it what I want to be. And um, I can really be successful in this program and have the key foundational blocks to really get me to be successful in any role I have. And it makes me very excited. And to talk to people who also have that same mindset of like, I'm here to build up my skills and then just, you know, work hard and be successful and talk to people who have actually done that, AKA my professors. It's just really awesome and very reassuring that I'm in the right place because already, you know, a lot of people in general aren't sure about grad school and how that, how it could help them. Yes, um, and I, I think that it's so far, it's been really, it's only been three weeks. I have literally no talk. Right? It could be so bad on Monday. Who knows? But it doesn't matter, right? It's just, you really think the most of it. Grad school is really just digging deeper in order to have the strongest foundational <laughs> blocks. And then you do whatever you want after. <laughs> you want to be a professor? Like, that's that you can do that. You feel confident in that because you've done it before through the program. You want to be an OT, you know, speech with all of those things. Um, and so I think that's really the beauty of grad school. And as after I kind of weeded through like all the, the really scary stuff, now I'm seeing it and I'm really excited for it. And so maybe you guys won't be hearing my complaints anymore. I don't know. Maybe you will. I think honestly you will. <laughs> I hate complaining, but grad school, I always complain about it. Just started. You have to complain your way through it. Like you just, you have to be like, ah, oh, that sucks. But then you just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you just go with it, right? <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so so much for coming on the show. This was really fun. I hope you guys had uh, a really fun time and that you guys, you know, were able to learn more about each other. And I hope for you all listening, um, I hope you really got some really good takeaways. I think this the stuff that we were talking about really can apply to life in general. I think. It's not just about grad school, but we talk about imposter syndrome and just persevering and really using this time to understand yourself and connecting with other people. That really goes far beyond grad school. And I think it's something that people really need to learn to do. So I'm so I was so excited to have this chat and I think it turned out well. So thank you all for coming. And I really hope you guys could come again if you're interested. I would love to talk to you guys more about other things. So yeah, thanks thank for you. having me. It was yeah. really fun.